Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's always an exciting time of the year for sports. My peeps, sophomore sensation, Lamar Jackson is redefining what it means to be a dual-threat quarterback in the National Football League. Odds on Jackson to win the MVP race were at 50-1 to to begin the season and have plummeted since, making my bookie's prop selection more attractive than ever. But without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action, and we have the best place for you to go, my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlay are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand right now, you get an extra grand and free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV, that's capital BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that promo code is BLV to get your cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid, my bookie. Hello, today is January 22nd, 2020. It's Wednesday, but it's probably Saturday night in Conor McGregor land. Holy crap, did you see the fight on Saturday night? 40 seconds is all it took to kick Donald Cerrone's nose off of his face in front of his grandma of all people. But it's all good. Conor and Grandma Cerrone hugged it out. It's quite refreshing, actually, to see a fight between two highly respected fighters who respect the hell out of each other, even if it was just for a minute of action. I mean, surprise, surprise. Surprise. I mean, the king is truly back. I mean, for now. Mikey Battaglino is also back for episode 145. We're talking UFC 246. Who's next in line for the notorious one is at the end for the cowboy, Donald Cerrone. Uh, who was the biggest celebrity in the house in Vegas? Does Dominic Reyes stand a chance against John Bones Jones come February 7th? All of that is answered on episode 145 presented by Belly Up Sports. You want to go to UFC 247? Go to TickPick.com to get your tickets now. And better yet, use the promo code OSHO10 at capital O-S-H-O-W-10 for $10 off your tickets. Mecha Nutrition has an entirely new collection available at MechaNutritionStore.com as well. Now selling their brand new Cell Swell Creatine Complex for just $29.99 as well as Natty God Muscle Builders for $89.99. But I can help you out with those prices. All you got to do is punch in the code OSHO20, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-20, for $20 off your next order using Mecha Nutrition. Surprise, surprise, motherfuckers. We're back. show presented by belly up sports remember to get your tickets at tickpick.com using the promo code osho 10 capital o-s-h-o-w-10 surprise surprise motherfuckers mikey Battaglino's back to talk ufc mikey how we doing good to be back happy to be back really you don't sound like it no well this is what they say uh it's easy to tell if you're smiling through the phone or not i can tell you're not smiling through the phone you're wrong Really? Are you smiling right now? Yeah, actually. See, I believe you now because I can I can hear it in your voice. Okay. <laughs> Were you happy about Saturday's main event? You know, uh, not as happy as I was seeing everything leading up. Um, you know, I didn't get the, you know, I, I, I remember when you texted me and you, uh, you know, you want to do this and talk about the, the event. And I, I, for a while now, 
I've been I've been saying, you know, he, McGregor needs to get back to kind of how he was. You know, I remember telling you I wanted to see him in his, you know, 2015-16 kind of stage, how he was acting. That kind of, even though he was starting to amp it up, but getting back to, you know, more focus, you know, more about the fighting, less outside stuff. And um, I was hoping to see that against Khabib, and obviously, you know, that wasn't the case. And then I was happy to see that, that focus and that dedication was back for this fight. Um, and I hope that it, you know, remains and, and it stays and he, he wants to prove something to everyone and, you know, be looked at like he was, you know, go out and set new records, do new things, you know, be the top guy. And I think that's what he wants. So, like I said before, you know, the only way we'll find out is to see. But so far, I'm liking what I'm seeing, you know? I mean, what, 15-month hiatus, 40-second fight? He didn't even have yeah. to, he, he didn't even screw up his comb-over, which I thought was the most <laughs> impressive thing out of everything. Yeah, when you texted me that, I laughed, because his hair looked better yeah. just after the fight than before it. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing I took out of that was he just must put a pressure on people when you're in there with him. I mean, I, you know, not everyone. Obviously, could be one, you know, could be didn't feel that but like these guys that he knocks out in the first round he must just put a pressure on him i mean granted i think cerrone was shook um by the the shoulder hits i think he wasn't expecting it and i think he busted up his nose and he's like crap what just happened you know and he was backing up but uh i he just must the energy and the pressure just must overwhelming you know well also i mean it's conor mcgregor like every celebrity that you can name i think tom brady was there sandler yeah, was there yeah. batista was there donning a cowboy yeah. hat his boy didn't pick up the win not even close did you, yeah did you see his prediction oh yeah idiot submission fourth round he was so confident and cocky about it too not one offensive strike from cerrone which is unfortunate. I, I thought this was going to be a dream fight going in. I mean, it was, but I guess everybody will remember the fact that McGregor, after almost a two-year hiatus, came back and uh, came yeah. back with a bang. But again, this is a national fight. It's Conor McGregor. All the celebrities are out. Everybody's watching. I mean, every other UFC pay-per-view, we got Jones versus Dominic Reyes coming up. It's going to be a big fight for fight fans, but not for a yeah. national audience. When Conor McGregor fights, everyone's watching. Yeah, and he even talked about it afterwards. You know, he was saying he feels like whole world's watching you know and, and really they are yeah when you hear he's fighting everyone knows you know what i mean um a lot of these pay-per-views people don't hear about but when he's fighting people hear about it you know and he's the biggest biggest ufc fighter star you know combat sports arguably you know the top star as well so you could talk about the the trash talking him backing it up for sure one of the best and biggest fighters of all time figuratively speaking not literally but conor mcgregor the fact that he still wants to fight given how much money he's made like he could have retired four years ago he's got proper 12 now which is taken off yeah. his irish whiskey yeah. uh the, the money he made on the floyd fight alone he could walk away right now and be set for life starting oh, a family he's got two kids uh, but the fact that he still wants to fight and still has the passion to be the best, that's why he is the best. That's why he's the most respected guy in the mixed martial arts game today. Yeah, no, 100%. And everything you just said, you know, the kids wanting to be the best, you know, um, he's not really focused on money. He knows he has it, but he has the passion, you know, and, and everything you said is the reason why he's back and the reason why he is the way he is right now. You know, the, the just newly evolved Connor, you know, he's dedicated, 
he's got the whiskey, but, you know, he made a promise to himself that he wouldn't drink leading up to the fight. Um, and he's going to continue that, you know, he's going to celebrate, you know, after the win, but, uh, I believe, you know, he took his day off, he's back to work, you know, and I think he's ready to fight again soon. You know, he did like you said, he didn't get touched, you know, he didn't get touched. And I think he wants to fight. I believe he was talking about, uh, in March or something, but, um, that's obviously up to Dana White. You know, they sit down and talk and when he's going to fight, but. I, I'd like to see him stick to his dedication and what he can do because I'll tell you right now, the performance was impressive. It, it was super impressive. You know, the creativity of the shoulder strikes and, and he landed a beautiful head kick to the, to the master of head kicks. Oh, my goodness. You know? Took his nose off, dude. Yeah. Um, you could see the blood, out, you know, coming out of uh, Cerrone's mouth when he kicks him, you know? It was a beautiful head kick. When I saw that, I stood up. I knew. As soon as he landed the head kick, I knew. Well, it was and, the, uh, it was, wasn't it the shoulder strikes that got him? I mean, I, I think the kick was the, the tipping of the iceberg, the yes, icing on the yes, cake. Yes. Yeah, he, you know, he went in, he took that, you know, I think he was antsy, and he took that left strike. And honestly, if he, if he connected with that, that could have been deadly. But Cerrone ducked under, and uh, Connor's forward motional, you know, ran into Cowboy, and it kind of stunned him. A little bit even um and then you know they got in a clinch and connor hit him multiple times with the shoulder and you could see his nose busted up from it and then uh you know the separation cowboy threw one leg kick that connor blocked uh and it was to the body and then connor threw a head kick and that was basically it he, you know he just got on top of him and started punching him and you know and when and i'll tell you what when herb dean stopped the fight you could hear the TV erupt. Oh, my noise. goodness. They are, that center erupt. And, and given this fight, obviously, the, the result, Conor McGregor, 42nd win. Conor's hugging Cerrone's grandma after the fight. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting, pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I remember, what was it, halfway through Donald's uh, post-game or post-fight speech, his grandma yeah. just starts hugging him, making sure he's all right, t- feeling his nose. And then she yeah, goes right yeah. after Connor. Do you think this is the end for Donald Cerrone? What, what else well, does he have to prove after this? Well, well that's the thing. Um, you know, like he said in his post-fight interview, you know, he's going to keep fighting. This is what he loves. I do believe he'll fight a couple more times. But, you know, now I think that's his third loss in a row because I know he lost to uh, Gaethje and he lost to Tony Ferguson. And I'm not sure if he lost before that or not. But, you know, he, his next fight, he needs to get a win, you know? I mean, I'm sure he's going to take some time off. He just made a lot of money. He's going to take some time off. But, you know, his next fight, if he loses again, you know, what's still for him? You know, a belt opportunity is far out of the picture. He just lost at 170. He, you know, he lost two fights in a row at 155. And that both divisions are very busy right now. So I can't imagine him, you know, trying to go for a title run. The only thing I could really see him doing is, you know, just keep fighting, trying to keep pushing his number records, just keep trying to do what he does. He he likes fighting. It's his life, and that's what right. I do, you know. And when he eventually feels like it's time where he's going to be okay with being done, I think he will. You know, obviously he's getting to the point where I think he's not quite – I think he's – he knowledge-wise, he's at the top of his craft, but maybe physical ability, you know, not as sharp and uh, fast, all that, you know. He's, ca- he's kind of reached that uh, that uh, um, Anderson Silva phase where he's kind of just fighting to, again, like you said, kind of like pad his numbers 
Because uh, yeah, exactly. we, we saw him at 208, Anderson Silva. Like, I mean, that was just like an exhibition. Who, who really yeah, cares if he yeah. won that fight? He ended up yeah. winning, but... Exactly. I think he'll keep fighting ex- exhibition fights. And, um, you know, and then I feel like with fighters, and it, it should be something that in these days that they actually take into consideration is, you know, when when is it time to be enough? You know, you have kids, you want to... You don't want to be you know, uh, mentally di- uh, disabled when, you know, they're growing up. You want to be able to see them and watch them, you know, through their life and see them when they get married. You don't want to, you know, be struggling, you know, with your health and stuff. And Donald has a lot of fights. That was his 51st fight uh, in MMA, you know. That's, that's a lot of beating on your body, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you don't want to be in horrible shape, you know. You want to be able to play with your kids and stuff and that's also something for him to take into consideration but i thought it was an outstanding performance by conor mcgregor and uh you know i i think he scared some people i definitely think he surprised people and he scared people because look donald cerrone is a good fighter you know and he he can he battles with people and conor put him away who put cowboy away like that you know what i mean so you know i don't know 100 percent what's next for him uh, there's a lot of things on the table, you know. What do you think? Uh, what do you think could be his potential next fight, or what would you like to see him fight next? Cause well, I asked you because I honestly think with with that fight, obviously you don't want to go out on that fight. But you did mention his kids. He got a family. He's a little bit older now. You mentioned fifty plus fights under his belt. How much longer can he go, and how much longer does he want to go? Like to me, to me, to me, if this was a much better performance for him, I'd say he would walk away from that, walk away with the money, walk away with the performance against one of the all-time greats in McGregor, and call it a career. But obviously, a forty-second loss like that, I don't think you go out like that. It's a little embarrassing, um, yeah. you know. Like he had his kid with him, his grandma obviously there. Uh, I, I don't know who who would be next in line for Donald Cerrone. Again, like you mentioned, it's going to be an exhibition fight, like one of those fights on the lower tier card on pay per view one of these next few months. But I, I I personally don't understand. It's why I asked the question. And you speak of a uh, certain um, uh, shape that he was in. Probably wasn't in the greatest shape. Conor McGregor arguably in the greatest shape of his life for this fight against Cerrone. Fifteen months later, and you mentioned uh, two years. What was it? Two. 2016, 202, when he beat Nate Diaz uh, by unanimous decision, or I think it was split decision, and he was on crutches during his post-fight conference. And two months later, two months later, he was back fighting uh, Eddie Alvarez at 205 in Madison Square Garden in New York City. Just think, like, he didn't have not one offensive strike from Cerrone. McGregor could fight at 247 right after the John Bones Jones fight, for all we know. Yeah. I mean, I do think McGregor is actually a, a crazy physical specimen because he he was fighting with a screwed up knee. I know he you know had ACL problems and then had a very fast recovery. He he's a physical specimen. That guy can heal very fast. And, but you know what? I think a lot of these fighters, their body's just meant to keep going and keep going. You know, like they just are used to training, and you know they they just start healing as they train and stuff. They. They, and you know they, they with the uh, uh, with the resources that the UFC has now they they get the top medical stuff you know they're able to come back very fast you know so you know and then you talk about not even getting hit in a fight you can fight very soon he's in great shape I think he wants to I, I think with him it's momentum you know he likes to keep it a roll and if he could get a good roll you know who knows what you know could be in store for him but uh, 
Cerrone, you know, now that you were talking about being a, you know, like Dana White, you know, Cerrone's still a great, good fighter. You could use him, him almost as like a gatekeeper for guys to come up, you know. If, is this guy going to be a good fighter? You know, well, if he gets through Cerrone, you know what, maybe he could be in the top, you know, 10 to 5 and then see what happens, you know what I mean? Um, and if he, they get, they don't get through Cerrone, then, you know, maybe they're not quite ready yet, you know, so... Sometimes a guy like that could be a gatekeeper, you know? Oh, yeah, that, and that's probably his next move. He's, he's going to become yeah. the new Anderson Silva, a guy who fights yeah. the young guys. That's like their test, basically, their obstacle yeah. to get to the exactly. next level. Who do you think uh, McGregor's next opponent will be if it comes in the next few months? I mean, uh, Jorge Masvidal was there carrying his BMF title, which is apparently going to be a, a real title now. We'll see if it's defended. Uh, and then, of course, you got Khabib. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long... I don't know how long that BMF title is going to be around. Like, I don't know. I, I like it, but then again, you know, like, what if a bigger guy wants it and then, you know, but it's in a lighter division, you know? Like, how is that going to work? You know, it's so it's going to slowly trickle through. We'll see what ends up playing out with it. But the fight I want to see McGregor have, I, you know, and he said he's not quite... Uh, you know, I think he said it right when Joe Rogan was interviewing him. If he's uh, ready to go for the gold right now, I think if he's gonna fight for a title next or next, it would be the BMF title. I don't think he would go for a, a title shot um, the next fight. I think he wants one more. My prediction of his next fight will either be the BMF title with Jorge Masvidal or Justin Gaethje, which wouldn't be a title fight. Right. Uh, um, to me, the money is Masvidal McGregor, if they were to go that route. Yes, yes. Stylistically, I like I like Gaethje. Gaethje takes a lot of hits, but he also throws. I mean, I think Masvidal, though, would stand and bang with him, too, so it would be interesting. I'd like to see them stand next to each other and see how big the difference is, because I remember watching Masvidal versus Diaz, and Masvidal looked bigger. And when you looked at Diaz next to McGregor, Diaz looked bigger. So I want to see how much bigger Masvidal would look. When I saw uh, Cowboy and um, McGregor stand next to each other, I really didn't think Cowboy looked too much bigger. So it didn't really look as intimidating. But I'd like to see what those two would look like standing next to each other. And, you know, McGregor might have naturally got a little bit bigger, you know, gained some muscle mass with all this time off. I definitely do think, though, that he could make 155 and not have an issue at all. At all. You know, I think he can make the weight. What what was uh, that, 170 last night or two nights ago? Yes, that was 170. Um, But, yeah, I think that fight was great for him to, you know, get back into the action, you know, and he looked great. And I think it'll be one of those two fights for him next, you know. Um, I, I do believe that he will get a title shot for a real gold title, whether that's 155 or 170, in 2020. I do think it'll happen. But I don't think it'll be his next fight. Now, in 2020, so he already has one fight under his belt. We mentioned not a hair was kicked, moved. Yes, and he kicked off the year. I mean, that was, for timeline, you know, reasonings for 2020, that was the best thing he could do is be the first pay-per-view, you know? Yeah. So, what, January 18th beats uh, Donald Cerrone again. Not one hair removed off that pretty little hair of his. And then his next fight's probably going to be March, April, if we were to predict. And then... so. Worst case scenario, he's ready to go again in another six months by the end of the year. Yeah, so the thing is, the next pay-per-view is 247. Now, you got to remember, McGregor likes the headline. He likes to be the main event. And they have 247, 248, and 249 set with headlines, unless, unless 
and I don't know if they do this, and I don't know how it would go with who they're having set. Um, but 247 is obviously John Jones. 248 they announced is Adesanya versus Romero for they, the 185 title. They could bump that if 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 they could bump, if Masvidal's up for the fight, they'll they'll bump that to co-main event. They could bump it to co-main event. Now that would probably piss off Adesanya, and I don't know how it would quite go. You know. Um, now the thing is that would make it uh, excusable is that the BMF is a title. And only, you know, uh, their only way a main event could be a main event over a title fight is if it's another title fight. So that would be a good excuse. So, which that is on March 7th, which is in, you know, two pay-per-views. I, they could do that. They could make that fight and then bump the Adesanya fight. Uh, down. It, uh, to me, the Romero fight just isn't as appealing as a potential McGregor Masvidal fight. I mean, just I, imagine, imagine the promo work between the two, uh, the press conferences, uh, the BMF title. I mean, Conor McGregor going around saying, "I'm the baddest motherfucker." That that's that alone is going to buy money, and that's going to be another national fight. It's obviously the other uh, option that you talked about with McGregor. That that's a, that's stylistically a fighter's fight, but this is this is a nation's fight between. Masvidal and McGregor, given their pop- popularity on a, on a nationwide scale, I don't think it would be a bad stylistic fight. I do think Masvidal would would stand stand with him. I do. I do think he would want to, you know, because that's that's typically what he does. You know, even though he has good groundwork, I think he would want to uh, throw strikes with McGregor, and you know, they would just battle it out. Um, but you know what? It would put a great card together if. Romero versus Adesanya is the co-main event. And then they have another title fight on that, which is uh, Zhang versus, uh, versus uh, Joanna, uh, I can't pronounce her last name, um, previous previous champ. Um, Zhang is the current champ. Uh, so that would be a big, big pay-per-view. Um, it would be a big pay-per-view. It's in the T-Mobile arena. You know, they, they were going to have Robert Whitaker face Jared Cannonier, but Whitaker's out. Uh, I think for untold reasons. I don't think it's medical. I think it's something something else. But, uh, yeah, and I'm looking at the undercard, and there's really no other big name. So they could turn that into a big card, and it would create more pay-per-view buys and bigger noise. So it, it's good for UFC. I you mean, know, it would be guys. like a few years ago when McGregor and Diaz were going at it. They had, uh, uh, I think, like four or five straight pay-per-views. Everyone was tuning in. We were tuning in. We were tuning in so much that we bought tickets for 208 where Holly Holm main evented and put everyone to sleep. That's how exactly. into that's how yeah. into it everyone was. So if yeah, they could do uh, if they could do McGregor Cerrone, then you got Jones and uh, um, Reyes, and then if you bounce that back with uh, the McGregor and Masvidal potential fight, and then Romero's fight as the co-main event, and then what what would a two forty nine be? Is that uh, that's the the Khabib? That's Khabib, yeah. And that's that's a fight five years in the making alone. So that's four straight pay per views to kick off uh, twenty twenty, the new decade, with a bang for mixed martial arts. Yeah, and that card's looking good, and they still have an open spot on that main uh, on that main card, which they could put in a co-main event. They could throw something in there, you know. Um, maybe even Connor fights on it, but that's the problem with it not being the main of you know. Again, same type of thing. I don't know if do they bump Khabib down, you know, versus Ferguson. I mean, that's a big fight in in the MMA world. That is basically besides John Jones's fight. That's that's right up with it. Um, 
it's definitely bigger to me than Adesanya Romero. I oh, one hundred percent. The anticipation between Ferguson and Magomedov has been for so long. I do think though that the Romero uh, Adesanya fight will be interesting. I I kind of want to see Romero win that, um, but we'll see. I mean, it's a great time to be a fan because there's a lot that's gonna happen and a lot that could happen and a lot going on. So. I mean, to me, Romero showed a ton of potential. I remember his fight at, uh, I think it was 205 against Chris Weidman, like snapped yeah. his neck in half. I'm like, oh my God, who, who the hell is this guy? This yeah, is going to be the next baddest guy in the game. Yeah, I mean, he went on to knock out Luke Rockhold very violently. And, you know, he had two very close fights with the, the past champ, Robert Whitaker. You know, and Whitaker got taken out by Adesanya in pretty good fashion. So we'll see. I think he definitely could do something now like he's got a chin we'll see what what happens between the two you know All right. um, you know will romero just want the championship and go in and wrestle him because if he does he can definitely get it will he stand probably so let's review uh, UFC 246 from the betting national uh, capital in the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. Obviously, McGregor defeats Donald Cerrone, first round TKO, 40 seconds. Uh, some of the co-main events, obviously, Holly Holm defeats Pennington, uh, unanimous decision. I don't know about you, but this is another one, and she actually self-admitted this, uh, a fight that kind of put everyone to sleep again. Holly Holm is uh, kind of best known for doing that these days. Yeah, I mean, she'll have a super exciting fight and then a super boring fight and I think um, you know it happens when you're at that kind of stage where you're where you're pretty elite in your game you know and you face someone that's also pretty good you do what you got to do to win you know and not every fight's going to be the most uh, exciting knockout you know or battle hard you know tight sometimes you know she pretty much controlled Pennington you know and even though it was boring she did control her you know and in the MMA world that you know she controlled her and won, you know? So she did what she had to do, and she got out with the win. Entertainment-wise, you know, not the best. Connor made up for it. 100%. 100%. What about, uh, I was kind of impressed with Brian Kelleher. First round submission over Ode Osborne. Yeah, and he was on a losing streak, I believe, and he talked about, uh, you know, you know, this was, you know, he's fighting to stay alive, you know? So I was impressed with, you know, honestly, I was impressed with pretty much the card, um, the main card, uh, not having a super big, you know, besides the, the main events, not really having huge names. I mean, Anthony Pettis, I was surprised the loss. Um, but I that uh, Ferrera guy, I think he's pretty solid. I mean, he's 17-2. and two. I mean, that's um, a big win for him over Anthony Pettis, Diego 100%, Ferreira. 100%. Uh, and to submit Anthony Pettis, too, you know. Pettis is, you know, a past champ. The card was, was pretty uh, pretty impressive. I mean, that one girl, that one girl who tore her ACL uh, in the one fight, that was, you know, tough it out, was impressive. There was, a, there was a lot of good things in the card, even though there wasn't a lot of names, you know? There was also a lot of big finishes. Like, there weren't, there was, obviously, you had your fair share of unanimous decisions, them going the distance, but you also had your fair share of submission ends and, of course, uh, knockout from McGregor. It was an entertaining card all around. If you're there live in Vegas, yeah. I mean, I mean, you got to win. Yeah, you got to impress Tom Brady when he shows up to these things. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. They had a lot of people there. There was a lot of celebrities there. It was, it was a good event. I think that it, it sounded like they did, it did great numbers uh, in the post, uh, post fight conference with Dana White speaking. It sounded like they did great numbers. 
Well, let me ask you this, New England Patriot fan. How, what do you think Tom Brady was doing there? you think he was there to watch Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone, or do you think he was scouting the Oakland Raiders' new stadium out in Vegas? No, no. I do think uh, he was there to watch the fight, and I think him and Dana are friendly, and Dana probably hit him up with tickets. And I, I think he's that's what you hope. He's been he's been to other uh, other events, so <laughs> that's what you hope. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I like I told you, I think uh, you know, I know we're switching topics a little bit, but after what he announced after the season, I think he's staying. But we'll see. Opinion. To me, yeah, we'll to me, uh, I feel like Bill Belichick is ready to move on. He's already talked about Andy Dalton potentially replacing Brady. Uh, Eli Manning's name has popped up to popular belief. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think wherever Brady's going to go, he's going to try and win and, you know, by win, win the Super Bowl, you know? So, and if, and when he comes to the time where he's, you know, satisfied and kind of ready to be done, he'll be done. But that's his goal. He's not there to do anything else except win, you know? A lot of these guys try to hold on, you know? He's there to win, you know? He's done so much in his career. The only thing he still wants to do is win that championship, the Super Bowl, and, and, you know, when he feels that he's ready to, to settle, he'll be done. You know, I think that's honestly his mindset, you know. I'll tell you what, um, though. Brady and Gruden winning a championship together sounds pretty good on paper. Not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, I, think <laughs> if, I think if he can win a Super Bowl with the Patriots and he believes that, I think he'll stay. But I think if he thinks it's not going to happen, there's no – I don't think he's going to stay. He wants to win the Super Bowl, and he's going to be on the team that he thinks can do it. You know what I mean? He's not going to go to a team that he feels needs to build, you know what I mean, two or three years to get it done. He wants to go somewhere where it's going to get done. You know what I mean? He's only got one or two more seasons in him. Now, being a lifetime Patriot fan, only under the Brady-Belichick era, let's say he leaves and goes somewhere else, are you going to be a fan of wherever Brady goes as well as the Patriots? Well, that that might be the case. I don't know. I'm more of a fan of him than the team, to be honest with you. Oh, it's I like one of those NBA situations where you're only a LeBron fan or you're only a KD fan? Yeah. Is the entire well, family just going to jump ship to, to Los Angeles when he becomes a Charger probably. next year? I, I, I told you the thing behind the Brady thing. I told you. A long list but, of Bradys. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We got to plug. We got to plug uh, the very successful event that was the O'Hara and Friends baseball fundraiser at the Lamplighter in Chester, New Jersey. That was on December 27th, all the way back uh, last decade in 2019. Very successful event. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the turnout? Um, well, I'll be What's honest. I ne- that was the first time I was ever at the Lamplighter. Oh, really? So I have nothing to compare it to. Okay, okay. But did you expect that many people? No, no. I I, I was fighting just to get back to to my family at at the dinner table, honestly. Yeah. All over the place. Just to get a drink, it was was like, yeah, you had to wait four hours. Yeah, it was pretty packed. Very successful (laughs) night for uh, the Lamplighter, though. Yeah, I mean, I uh, unfortunately didn't get to listen to the music as much as I wanted to, but it was was good. It was a good night. No, all you got to do, you got to just use your ears when you're getting uh, orders. One ear on the music, the other on on the screaming moms wanting their their margaritas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So let's talk about prelims, because Brady obviously there in Vegas. Uh, scouting or just watching. We don't know. Uh, prelims to me, did you watch any of the prelims? I watched the uh, Drew Dober fight, first round TKO. I, I watched the full pay-per-view. I watched um, I watched uh, the early prelims and the prelims. I, uh, I Like I said, I, I, thought, uh, I thought the full card was pretty good. It, you know, it, I was impressed by, um, 
I was impressed by, I believe the guy's name was, hold on one second. Um, now, what was the guy who got the knockout? Uh, Drew Dober, right? Yes, I was impressed by him a lot. Well, that was the um, only knockout during the prelims, right? Everything else went to decision? I'm pretty sure, yeah. And then there was one, the, the heavyweight fight wasn't bad. That was interesting. It was a little slower pace with um, Lynette and um, that other guy. That was that was not a bad fight. It was being a, um, uh, an early watcher fight fan that, you know, is trying to uh, focus down on small, like, details of fighting. When you watch a slower fight, you could learn a lot, um, especially with younger, you know, uh, more unexperienced fighters. It was interesting to watch. It slowed down a little bit. You could kind of see what was happening a little bit more than, you know, an intense fight that you don't pay attention to the small things because you're just looking at the big stuff. All right. um, that was a pretty... That was a pretty good fight uh, in my eyes. And overall, the card wasn't as bad as I predicted. I, I was a little scared because there wasn't many names. But you know what? It shows that the UFC has a good roster and can put together a good card even though uh, they don't you know, have huge names on it. But you know what? Some of these names, uh, Jack, in the next, uh, you know, by 2021... They might be bigger names, you know. And I feel like I feel like 246. People are going to remember, obviously, the McGregor fight. Either way, whether Cerrone won, McGregor won, you were going to be satisfied with that main event. Uh, with these other fights, like you mentioned, a lot of no-name people really proving themselves. It, it was a night full of upsets. When you look at the Brian Kellehers and the Roxanne uh, Modafferi's, Modafferi picked up uh, probably the most surprising win over uh, Macy Barber. Yeah, well, you know what? Another thing is, is when you look at this, when you look at the, the setup, uh, you know, putting a stack card is great for the fans here and there. You know, you're throwing them a bone. But honestly, putting a card that's going to be good, you know it's going to be good. Like, speaking when I say, you know, the person who's putting it together, Dana White in the UFC, when they put together a card, and they have the main, you know, main event and the co-main event and maybe one other fight in there that has some big names. And the undercard in the prelims, there's not many people you know. And that that is actually almost a good strategy because the, if the main event has, you know, the, the super uh, attract attraction fighter um, and it brings a lot of attention, you know, a lot of pay-per-view buys, and they see these fights underneath, and they're, you know, it brings attention to these fighters, you know? Maybe a guy who upsets someone that, you know, that you've heard of, but, you know, not typically a draw, um, you know, could attract people to, to pay attention and now focus on them, and, and it brings brings popularity to them, and, you know, and it builds the company, you know? It makes everything more well-known and a lot of other things, you know? So it's almost a good strategy um, of building a car, especially if it's entertaining. If you're going to put guys in that, you know, with no, you know, not big names and they're not doing much, obviously it's, it, it didn't work out. But if, if it works out that it was, it's an entertaining card and the new eyes are on these guys, it, it, it's good. You know, so. Oh, 100%. Yep. I always go back to uh, that Cub Swanson fight from, I think it was end of 2016, early 2017. I forget the guy who he faced, but five, five rounds, all just ground and pound, haymaker after haymaker, just a full-blown fight. And I believe Cub Swanson won that one by decision, by just a hair. I think it was a split decision. But that was one of his last UFC fights, and it was an all-time great fight. I think it won, like, fight of the year somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just looked it up uh, against Kron Gracie. Correct. That was Yeah, it was the co-main event at Fight Night 161. And Kron Gracie's a good fighter. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I know that was a big win for... Because I know he was on a he was on a uh, a losing streak um, for a 
you know, he was a good fighter and it put him back on track. You know, he hadn't won since 2017. Yeah. You know, so it was a while for him to get a win. Um, and I know that was big for him. Obviously, the story coming out of 46 or 246 is going to be McGregor defeating Cerrone, not getting a scratch on him. He's ready to go. Jorge Masvidal is waiting. You mentioned other fights. Where's Nate Diaz at? I mean, Nate Diaz came off the loss to Jorge Masvidal. He probably wants a rematch uh, with Masvidal. Masvidal said yeah. that we're probably going to get a rematch sometime down the line. We still have the trilogy fight if, if they want it, you know? He said, you know, it's there anytime in the, you know, in the post press conference. And it is, you know, it's there anytime. And they can do it at any time. Um, I do think Nate wants his rematch with Masvidal. You know, he kind of deserves it, you know. Anything can happen in a fight. Yeah, he was probably losing, but Nate warms up in the, you know, Nate's warm in the third round. You know, he starts a little bit slower in the first and second. So, you know, you don't know what could have happened in, in the fourth and fifth. But um, I do, I personally thought he deserved the rematch. I kind of felt, you know, shorted of, yeah. uh, of a full fight, and I would have liked to see a rematch. I was surprised that they didn't schedule one faster, which makes me think that they're probably not going to do it. I think Masvidal wants something else now, you know what I mean? Well, and, uh, obviously, with the circumstances after 246, McGregor's ready to go, and I'm sure Dana White's already got his sights set. He's licking his chops for McGregor versus Masvidal. But to me, yeah, I kind of felt gypped out of that fight, too, with Diaz. I mean, everybody knows that that's what that side of his head. It's just on your forehead. That's thin skin right there. Like, it's easy to get opened up, but for Nate Diaz, it seems like almost every single fight, it's the exact same spot. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, because I think Masvidal probably wants Kamara Usman uh, for the belt, you know, and because Covington lost to Usman, which that, that fight was, I thought, a great fight. But um, Tyron Woodley is going to fight Leon Edwards at a fight night. It's going to be a main event. Uh, I'm not sure which fight night, but a fight night coming up. So, you know, those two aren't going to fight Usman, and he, Covington just lost. Usman beat Rafael DeSantos, uh, who was the ra- number five-ranked guy. He beat him before he got the title. So the only guy who's in the top five who hasn't fought Usman or um, has a fight is Jorge Masvidal. So I, that's why I almost think, it, look, if, if McGregor's not going to fight Masvidal, I guarantee they book that fight with Usman, with Masvidal, you know? So uh, Masvidal has options too. Masvidal gets a payday or Masvidal gets a shot at gold. So it's a win-win for him. You know? Either way, one of these next three or four fights that you got lined up is sure going to make Dana White a whole of a hell of a lot of, of money here. Uh, yeah. To me, though, McGregor versus Masvidal, I keep going back to it. That's like a fight that the nation, once again, all these stars are going to come back out. You saw Tom Brady there. You saw Tony Robbins there. You saw Chris Stapps, Perzingis, Batista, David Spade, Adam Sandler. They're all going to come back for a fight like that, you know, like Baker Mayfield was there. Like, it, it was yeah, a star-studded event. It was like McGregor Mayweather. I remember seeing that fight and even uh, Mayweather Pacquiao it was nothing but famous people in that entire arena yeah and another thing is, is it's not even for a title either you know yeah. so that's another great thing I like pay-per-views where you can put two big guys against each other and they're not it's not for a title you know that to me is pretty good so we'll right. see I may, you know and then who knows they might even throw out of nowhere the name Diaz Jorge Masvidal but I doubt it if they didn't rebook it already I think it's kind of out of the picture you know, I think it's out of the picture. Now, who Masvidal would be next not, in line for Nate Diaz if that well, fight's the out of the picture? That's the thing. I mean, that's kind of difficult because I think Masvidal's out of the, the picture, which is the only guy to me in 170 that makes sense. 
you only got to make sense for him to fight. So that you know, so then you put him in the the. 155, and um, Khabib is going to fight Tur- Tony Ferguson, who's the number one contender. The number two is Dustin Poirier, who they were supposed to fight, um, which to me is actually a decent fight. It's, I it's like intriguing. That. I like Dustin Poirier. It is. I, I, I like that fight. It, you know, I think they kind of were ready to fight. I think they wanted to fight, you know, because the only other, you know, there's Justin Gaethje, who I don't think will fight Nate Diaz. I think if he doesn't fight McGregor, he'll probably fight someone else. I don't see him fighting him. Cerrone just lost. Um, and then there's, a, you know, a, from sixth rank to ninth, there are a bunch of guys on the uprise who I don't think quite right now would fight uh, Diaz. Diaz is going to fight a top five guy, you know what I mean? So to me, Poirier is probably the best guy for him to fight but in a timeline situation with 247 to 249 kind of locked up with main and co-main events i think he's probably going to be uh you know ufc 250 or later you know and there's really no rush for them to make that fight you know this minute but it would be an intriguing one especially for like a co-main event you know dustin poirier lost to khabib so he's kind of on the on the fight back to the ladder on the ladder you know and Diaz is just there to, to fight and do his thing. Well, so. when it comes to Dustin Poirier, a loss to Khabib is no, uh, I mean, it's a defeat, but it's nothing to be embarrassed about. I mean, Khabib's still undefeated in the UFC. No, 100%. And now he's 100%. got his big his big fight with Ferguson coming up. But let's finish with that. Khabib versus Ferguson, five years in the making now, uh, in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center in just a few months, which you still might uh, be trying to attend. I might try and do it, attend that, too. We'll see if I'm back in the, oh, in the city. Uh, we'll see sweet. if we can go to that one. We, we could do a live show from the Barclays Center. Um, I'm very down with that. On the train, we can yes. go there and back. We can get everybody's takes. Yeah. That would be a wild show. Just have our microphones on the subway. Oh, yeah, shit. I didn't even think about that. What do you think of uh, <laughs> Ferguson versus Khabib? It's intriguing. I mean, I know we, we touched on it a little bit last um, last podcast, but it's anticipating because Khabib being undefeated and Tony Ferguson only having three losses, but being a tough like they're both tough guys it's it's interesting Uh, i'll be interested to see how the layout goes of the fight because they both can stand they both go on the ground you know they both can are submission artists you know um i think khabib has a little more power than ferguson but ferguson puts so much mileage on you with punches i mean so does khabib but khabib does it more on a ground and pound way and ferguson does that in the stand up you know what i mean so it's interesting to see what's going to happen. I, I personally, like, we were supposed to see this fight, what, three or four different times, and then they pulled yeah. the plug? I mean, Khabib versus Ferguson, we were supposed to see this at the end of 2016. Uh, during the summer of 2017, they pulled the plug. To me, obviously, he's faced McGregor already, Khabib, and you mentioned he probably has more power than Ferguson. I feel like Ferguson's going to be ready for this fight, and I feel like this is going to be the toughest fight of Khabib's career. Mark my words. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do think it'll be the toughest fight for him. But I don't. I, if it, my prediction is, if one of them pulls out, it'll be Khabib this time. Uh, Khabib <laughs> has been on a good track of, um, and knock on one because I don't want it to happen. But if it does, my prediction is Khabib because you know Tony pulled out last time, but the other times were basically because of Khabib. Khabib's been on a good streak of not. Um, having a problem uh, making a fight, but you know he had a lot of problems with making fights. I know 
they even mentioned against uh, Cerrone that he had an issue. But, uh, you know, we'll see. doesn't take away of him as a fighter. Obviously, he's been doing great. Um, I do think it's going to be a tough, tough night for him. But that, that's what makes it so interesting to see because I do think Ferguson poses a great threat to him. Um, and if Khabib wins, then I don't, I don't even know what's next for him, you know. Uh, Connor predicts that fight not to happen. So... Maybe he's going to wait and see. You know, he might let 247 go by. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Because that's a long time. If he wants to fight and be so active, that's kind of a long time to wait and see if he can pop into that fight if someone, you know, isn't ready. So they definitely would like to have someone to save the card if one person drops out. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. So if, if Khabib drops out and let's say Connor can fight, I guarantee they do it for an interim title. Could be if Tony Ferguson for some reason drops out, I bet they'll throw in someone against Khabib, kind of like they did with Ally and Quinta. Just find someone for Khabib to fight. Just save the pay-per-view, you know what I mean? Right. Um, who knows, maybe he even do like an ADS, you know? Any sure. one of those scenarios, McGregor versus Khabib again, McGregor-Ferguson, McGregor-Diaz, McGregor-Masvidal, throw him at me, I'm saying, him to I'm me. saying even if you threw Nate Diaz against Khabib, though. Yeah, even Diaz-Khabib would be all... I mean, I don't think Diaz would pull an upset, but it would be entertaining. No, but he'd go and fight, you know, you know, so... Justin Gaethje you could even throw in if he's not going to fight Connor, you know, so that's an interesting one. They might really use Gaethje, though, as that type of guy, you know, so we'll see. They might use Gaethje as that, as that piece in, you know, the chess game, game of chess with that <laughs> uh, card, but we'll see. Well, um, one thing's for sure, though, uh, UFC definitely heating up. For 2020, McGregor uh, defeats Donald Cerrone. 40 seconds, knocked his nose off, gave his grandma a hug afterwards. Tom Brady was there to see it. Tom Brady, of course, in Vegas to scout the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, (laughs) Batista's prediction was dead wrong. Um, We we got cracked up. He gave it right before the fight happened, and then nothing. Like it. it, They should have went back to him. Like Dave, what happened? Uh, I don't know. It was like exactly wrong. Like. The opposite of his prediction. They they should have the gone. Opposite. They should have gone back to him like Dave. What happened? He's like wearing the, the the Irish flag over his shoulder. Oh, surprise, surprise! One thing I want to talk to you about before we wrap up. What do you think about like? Because obviously the UFC is UFC is a different kind of sport and company. You know, their their sport is fighting. Their sport is brutal. Um, it's you know. There's cursing. They don't censor the cursing or anything. Um, now being, you know, and their their analysts and announcers are were specific, you know, are specifically MMA, UFC um, analysts and you know announcers and whatnot. What do you think? You know, now being in um, ESPN and you know under ESPN, uh, it's almost like when you were talking about with the WWE and I, I think it's Fox, right? With uh, you know, the analysts with Punk, right, what yep. you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now they have guys kind of after the fight doing interviews with, or not interviews, but coverages with, you know, like the other analysts, the regular UFC analysts, but then again, you know, the, the ESPN guys like Stephen Smith, you know, um, 
or Stephen Smith. What is, what is it? Stephen Stephen A. Smith, you uncultured swine. Yes. Yeah. No, I I hate that guy. I really. I'm sorry. I, I don't like him. Well, he, uh, to that point, I'll I'll stop you right there because I kind of know where this is going. Stephen A. Smith, we were talking about the Astro scandal before we came on. He was talking his ear off about the Astro scandal the other day. Like Stephen A. Smith is good for NFL and NBA. Period. They shouldn't be yeah. talking anything else on first take between him and Max Kellerman. And the fact that, yes, they're bringing him on for post-fight coverage for UFC, obviously a great call by ESPN. He's he's the guy at ESPN, you know, the charisma and everything. But, but, yes, I understand, too, that, like, they don't know the sport, you know. Don't bring them in exactly, if they're just going to exactly. – like, someone's just in their ear, all right, this is what happened. Okay, I can spin this, you know. Like, they're not fight guys. And they're not baseball guys either. So, like, watching them talk about the Astros, I was just kind of like, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're not a baseball fan. You're an outsider looking in, and the same could be said for UFC. Exactly. And, like, so, you know, it was him, Joe Rogan, and another guy. And Joe Rogan's, you know, given his analysis of, of the fight and Connor's approach. And then this guy's saying he disagrees. Like, come on. Joe Rogan knows more about the sport than a lot of people and this guy is gonna like say he disagrees like come on well the, the other thing you gotta understand mikey in, in sports media and sports broadcasting you need a protagonist and you need the antagonist they they had to argue regardless of what I, they they actually think I, I understand but let me give you the like the the uh scenario i don't know if you saw it or not but basically he was talking about his approach and he was saying how it was interesting you know the performance and everything and then basically this guy was saying how he's not uh, impressed. We didn't learn anything from the fight. Um, he, he wasn't touched. So, and, and I just am thinking to myself, first of all, this guy, like McGregor, when I say this guy, he says things and then he makes it happen. He was basically telling everyone that he's going to go fight, not really be touched, and fight again. The fact that he can make that happen is unbelievable. And if you can't learn something from that, and say that you saw nothing just because you didn't get touched. Like, come on. I, I, I just really had a hard time hearing him. And, and I've heard him talk about McGregor before. I've heard him talk about other things, and I just have disagreed with it. And um, I just, I don't know. I, I Like, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time, you know, knowing that they're kind of bringing that kind of stuff into it. Well, Not too, too much. Let me ask but, you this, but, though. So Stephen A. Smith was there. Was Max Kellerman there? Because Max Kellerman's a boxing guy. Because he, he could probably talk UFC as opposed to ESPN's, like, franchise oh, guy. Um, no, Max Kellerman was not the, not in that uh, little coverage. It was him. It was it was, it was was Stephen A. Smith, Joe Rogan, and... Um, I mean, putting Joe Rogan and Stephen A. Smith on one screen is going to draw viewers regardless. So that's why they did it. I know, but it was after the fight, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's on pay-per-view. It was on the pay-per-view, so, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It just bothered me. I just <laughs> wanted to get your take, because I know you're, you know, you know a lot about the commentary and no, I, I, I 100% agree, but I also 100% agree with what ESPN's thinking. Like, he's their guy. He's the charismatic yes. guy. Pair him with Joe Rogan yes. on a UFC pay-per-view. That's going to bring in viewers. But, yes, I agree. I've been watching Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman debate this Astro scandal for the past week, and they, they have no idea what they're talking about. For ESPN putting their highest-paid you know, employee analyst on, I get it. And he's you know, most well-known. Like, I get it. But for the diehard UFC fans and hearing that, like, that's not what you want to hear. Like, there's, like, the only time when you really hear analysts in the UFC disagree, it's on who you, they think will win or, like, 
a decision uh, in the fight or a decision that the ref made. Not normally the outcome of a fight, like as in, you know, maybe the outcome, you know, a, a, a decision of the fight, like, uh, you know, scorecards or something, maybe that. But like the plain sight of what Joe Rogan's talking about, everyone can see. And then this guy is going against it. It's like, I think that definitely pissed off some, some, some diehard UFC fans, you know what I mean? I think I, he I'm definitely talking. pissed off one. Yeah, I mean, I, well, yeah, me, yeah. But, like, I was on Twitter, and I saw a lot of people posting about it, and, you know, like, Joe Rogan, you know, memes and a bunch of comments and a whole bunch of stuff, but that just stuck in my head, and that, that pissed me off, but what are you going to do? You know what I mean? I, I, you know, they're a growing sport. They're doing what they need to do to grow, and you know what? If they can somehow get, um, you know, a larger audience to watch, that's great for the sport, you know, so if putting him on it does it then so be it you know well don't let that don't let that ruin the pay-per-view mcgregor 40 second fight he's back surprise surprise he's back ufc 246 review show with mikey bataglino it's episode 145 presented by belly up sports remember to use the promo code osho 10 for ten dollars off your next order using tickpick.com head to ufc 27 or 247 excuse me jones versus reyes it's going to be a great fight get ten dollars off your order when purchasing tickets through tickpick.com and of course mikey if you're into banging weights eating steaks and sleeping eights like i know you do you're a wrestler uh head over to mecca nutrition for all great protein creatine test boosters and all that fun shit using the promo code osho20 that's capital o-s-h-o-w-20 for 20 dollars off your next order you bastards hit it hootie For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.